Hey, this is Crime Concepts with Chris and Allie. I'm Chris. And I'm Allie. Hot crime. Again, I have to say, because of Lent, I won't be drinking any wine. I will, however, be <laughs> sipping on a truly hard seltzer in grapefruit. So there's that. <laughs> well, that's as good as anything. Oh, I was telling you, Chris, before this, and I forgot to finish. Um, I was, my husband and I were sitting in our office and he, he drinks truly all the time. And so I've had trulys and I really like them, but he also likes white claw a lot. And he had the white claw mango. Um, and he gave me one and I completely had an allergic reaction to it. So, oh, yeah, so no mango, no for white you. claw mango. I'm allergic to a lot of like, no. acidic fruit and, and stuff like that, but True. But you would think that the alcohol would, but it's not that much alcohol. Let's, let's get real. My favorite lately though has been, and I, I mean, I'm just like, whatever, but I had, I discovered this Smirnoff four ways to rosé. Okay. And it is a hard seltzer with like a little bit of a rosé flavor mixed okay. with fruit. So it's not wine. So all you people that are saying I'm breaking my lunch and <laughs> fast, I am not. Because it, I have like one, maybe two a day if I have any at all but I mean I'm limiting myself for one so I am fasting let's be real but also it it just has a teeny bit of flavor so it's like a oh you have to try it and there's like a strawberry there's a white peach you don't have to try it it's kind of like you know they say with like the sparkling waters it's kind of like like a fruit burped and then left the room and you barely get that essence of the fruit that's what it oh I'm loving that's cool I'll have to try it also, you said, yeah, you, said, not- you said fasting, and I'm, I'm just want to add that, look, we're giving up a lot more during this Lent than we bargained for. So if we slide back on our original, <laughs> um, you know, what we gave up, um, just people in the world right now, we're giving up a lot. So, Right, right. So obviously, we're recording this in the middle of the COVID-99 mm-hmm. coronavirus crisis yep. of 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, it shit's getting real. And, and I think, I mean, I'm working from home, my whole company, I started working from home Monday because of like a really light exposure situation mm-hmm. that I had. Um, however, my, my entire office has, my, has shut down and well, not shut down. Everybody's working remotely. Mm-hmm. So we're doing our best. We're, we're still you know, doing what we need to do to serve our customer base and, and do everything we need to do. Yeah. It's rough though. Um, and I know that people are panic buying and people are doing crazy things and common sense has taken a mm-hmm. shit it sounds like to me um, True. so I, I just want to I just want to remind people that part of our mission Ali's and I um, in in doing this is to really put a human face and in, in some give um, I think a perspective mm-hmm. and empathy to the people that go through these these different things that the concepts the concepts that we cover the the victims of those concepts are the people that are affected and impacted mm-hmm. by them but i also want to encourage everybody just to take care of each other be kind to one another yeah. um ask yourself is this fear-based or fact-based the behavior mm-hmm. i'm about to engage in guilty as i am of today i did buy uh 10 boxes of pasta because it was 10 for 10 at Safeway. It was 10 for 10 at Safeway and I haven't been able to find freaking spaghetti for like a week. I've been trying to make spaghetti and I haven't been able to. So today I, during my lunch hour, I make sure that I'm, you know, getting out a little bit, getting mm-hmm. some sun. I went to, I ran to Safeway for something and lo and behold, they had pasta 10 for 10 and they legit had like fully stuffed Good. pasta shells. It killed me. I almost bought 20 and then I was like, nope, don't do that. But yeah, I will be giving part of yeah. that away. 
um, to people mm-hmm. that need it. But um, right. I, I'm just saying, like, I did it, and, and there's that temptation. And as a reasonable mm-hmm. person, I still have mm-hmm. that temptation to like hoard and stalk and be crazy. And then I remember, um, I remember what God mm-hmm. tells us, and I remember that God tells us to be still mm-hmm. and know. Mm-hmm. And I, I start reciting these verses to myself. And so, yes, guilty, guilty of buying mm-hmm. ten boxes of pasta. I will be giving right. that away. We're human. Um, to kind of um, maybe assume some mm-hmm. of that. Um, but but I'm trying really hard. <laughs> And I'm going to tell you legit right now, trying to do like um, an executive level job with a four-year-old and an 11-year-old. The 11-year-old's not so bad until she starts fighting with mm-hmm. the four-year-old and then starts being bad. So most of the time she's a mm-hmm. godsend, but then they have their moments. They're cooped up too in our house mm-hmm. and they're just like, you know, they get on each other's nerves. It, it's kind of rough. Um, luckily, the team that I work with and the people that mm-hmm. I work with and for are amazing. And um, we're able to get so much mm-hmm. done. And I almost feel like I'm working harder mm-hmm. um, in my home remote office yeah. than I am in the office. Not that I'm not working mm-hmm. my ass off there too, but here it's like more focused and I'm more in tune, I think, with what my responsibilities um, in my job are. And so I just wanted to give that little right. caveat. Um, that was five minutes. Of- no, I love so it. And, and this, this is very real. So if in this episode at all, we trail off and this is a hard episode, you guys, we haven't gotten into the... Um, the in- we haven't introduced our topic, but it's a hard one. So if we kind of uh, go off on tangents, maybe that's a little self-protection. Maybe that's just because our minds are all wandering right now, kind of in a hundred directions. So I say that's okay. Well, and so one thing I do want to say about this tr- really trying time, and I know you're working from home mm-hmm. too, and as like an educator, especially mm-hmm. in the criminal justice system with the population that you work with, this is rough for you. Yeah. I get it. I don't know. How do you work from home? Like it's almost fucking impossible. Like when you said I'm working, mm-hmm. I'm working from home. It's like, how the mm-hmm. fuck do you do that? Yeah, exactly. How the fuck do you Right. And we're all still figuring it out. Um, in a small scope, it's okay. You're like, you know, our, my company is great. I, I work for a private smaller company. Um, and they're, they've been fantastic. So I work within the school districts and within this education system, but for a private company and um, they've been really excellent with like, you know what, we're still going to make sure everybody is getting paid. We're going to provide um, work from home opportunities. So online training, uh, maybe like sharpening our swords. Right. Um, and so it's been wonderful in the interim. It's been wonderful. I have, but you were talking yeah. You were talking earlier about a meeting that you attended, of course, of course, virtually today where it all just kind of hit right. you. And so, and that's the, the online training. That's cool. That's awesome. I'm excited to, to strengthen my craft, sharpen my sword. Um, but there is that very real piece that our students are out there and I feel like they're in limbo and our whole mission right within the system I work in is to support special education students. And, um, it's, it's a lot harder. <clears throat> um, so that's been kind of getting to me, but just figuring out how, if I know a couple of States already have gone to the rest of the school year, the buildings are closed down. I don't want to say schools closed down because school is it, the buildings are closed down. Education must continue. They've determined. And so they're figuring out ways to do that. If it's packets at home, if it's, um, video, Yeah, video chat with teachers to help through packets. If it's online learning, whatever that looks like, it's different from district to district and state to state. 
but I have a really good friend who's a teacher in Kansas and he, and she is uh, worked with eighth graders and she's having a really hard time with it emotionally because she's great with technology. She can get online. She can teach her students. That's fine. She won't have any more face-to-face contact with these eighth graders who are about to graduate. Um, right. She won't see them next year. And so it's, it's hard on a professional level. It's hard on a personal level. And it's just, it's hard. Right. Um, Absolutely. There's so many big things happening at the end of the school year. And and, and we count on that. And I think educators and the kids themselves Mm -hmm. count on that. They count on that time with their friends and, you know, being able to depend and and have that, you know, that bond with those teachers that they're, that mean a lot to them. For people that are transitioning, like the fifth graders, I have a fifth grader who um, she's class president in her school. And she's like, I'm trying really mm-hmm. hard through like all these um, virtual platforms to be supportive of yeah. other people. And, but I'm sad because I can't see my friends and I can't be with, yeah. you know, the teachers and I can't do these things. And I'm going to miss out on the end of this year. That's huge for me. So it's kind of the same thing. We've been having yeah. these conversations. Um, Very sad. It's wrong. Yeah. Man, this it is. is. And then I'm so thankful for our positions and our kids are so taken care of. And my son is having the best. He really is. Um, he's really oh a, an easygoing child anyway. About, yeah. Oh. Uh-huh. Your Facebook post about your coworker, I had to do it too. My coworker. Your coworker is a hell of a lot more fun and lively than mine. He really is. He's loving life right now. Um, now the part he's not loving is when I encourage him lovingly to get online and check his check his education goals. Um but he's Why just, you, you know, work, he's and I am enjoying some of these funny memes about, you know, um, that are staying home with their kids. And, and it, it is a lot of stress on everybody. And I get it. And I get the funny memes and maybe the gallus humor to kind of get through it. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I just, I just pray for all the, the students and the parents. And everybody. Absolutely. Um, well, and everybody that's going to be victims of other people's <laughs> stupidity, like the grandma and grandpa who don't have toilet or Absolutely, fucking idiot went and hoarded it, or mm-hmm. a bunch of fucking idiots went and hoarded it. Mm-hmm. And, and those are the things that break my heart. I did. I was encouraged today that at Safeway when I walked in, and uh-huh. I was just like, "Go in, get your thing, get out." Um, but there was a sign that said that the first two hours of every day yeah. after they stop are going to be for the elderly. And so there was like an age limit. I think it was like sixty-five mm-hmm. and over, or I can't remember. But they were for for that, and that mm-hmm. you know, I I have we have. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, but a lot of people are not, and just knowing that that the society is thinking about that, and businesses are thinking about that, I will support percent more now because of that, and I will pay the extra twenty cents per item. Yes, yeah, because of that stuff. You agree. Yeah, you bring up a really good point. And I think this is the time and not to knock anybody or any business or any corporation, but you get to see people's true character um, during times like this. And so that's and what I'm trying ethos, to focus right? on. Yeah. And so I saw a thing about Lowe's, you know, Lowe's um, has, has put out a, a message to their um, employees and said, we will pay you during this time if you have to stay home with your kids or if you have to. And so you do, you see a lot of people. Um, just and, and even on a smaller level, on a personal level, I'm seeing a lot of people that I'm acquaintances with, and you can see their true characters coming out. They post with, and 
And at first, all of this, I was very focused on all the negative. And I'm I'm not, you know, that's a very human thing. I was picking up on all the negative. Um, And then I remembered that just human nature and a little fun psychology fact is what you ruminate on is what you see, right? Absolutely. That's called um, confirmation Confirmation bias. bias. And so we'll talk about that more, I think, in a, you know, an episode coming up because that is a crime concept as well. Um, but I really had to retrain my brain to start focusing on that, that old, that saying, right. Look for the helpers. Is that a, is that a Mr. Rogers thing? (laughs) When you see the tragedy, look for the helpers. And I really have started to do that. And then lo and behold, the helpers pop up into my mind more. So look at that. (laughs) Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. And the other thing, the other thing I want to, I mean, Uh office which is my home (laughs) Uh I've had the opportunity that I don't have because I commute 45 minutes each way to work right to support my local economy and so now even though we have all this craziness and and, you know we're stuck at home um, we actually have there's this thing in place where um, restaurants are closed and I mean and bars are closed but restaurants are closed so restaurants are only allowed to do like um, carry out or Mm -hmm. and so my girls and I, I mean, it's only been the two days and I, we need to get it together and start eating at home. But, you know, for the two days that we've been home kind of cooped up, I've made it a point mm-hmm. to take a lunch break, you know, and, and I don't typically do that when I'm in my office, um, in my traditional office, I usually work right through and just, you know, mm-hmm. there's too much to do, but I've been making sure that for my girl's sake and for my sake and for balance that I'm getting out and like I said, and doing something else besides working for that hour. Uh-huh. And I told them yesterday, if we go out, what do you guys want to eat? And of course they want McDonald's and Taco Bell and Wendy's and chain food. And I said, no, you know what? That's the cheaper way to go. Mm -hmm. That's totally unhealthy, but Mm -hmm. you know, we're in the state. I could justify it right now, but I told them, no, we're going to find something local that people that we, that are in our community own. Sure. So yesterday we picked a little, a little, um, restaurant that we we picked up food from there, sandwiches and stuff and it was delicious and it felt really good knowing mm-hmm. that that money of course it's a lot more money than I'd be spending if I was going to a fast food store sure. but it's going back into my community and helping my community members today a friend of mine um owns a local coffee shop and she I never get to go eat there for lunch because mm-hmm. she's they're closed by the time I get home mm-hmm. from work usually and so I told Again, the girls were going to go do this. Here's what we're going to do. So we got lunch there and I was able to post. I should have done it yesterday too. But just on my social media, you know, like that little plug for local business. And if you're going to spend money, be mindful of who you're giving your money to. Because right now people are hurting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's rough. Yep, it is. It's very rough. Um, and you know what? We've only babbled on about this for 15 minutes, which I think was rightly so. Because this is what's going on right right now. Yeah, talk about current events. Right. Let's get all, into, of, all of these get things. Into our concept, which is even more depressing. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Now, our concept is a little, it's it's going to hit hard. Um, and we're going to try to talk about it um, as fact-based as we can and deliver some cases to you. Um, it is just a really emotional topic. Um, but same thing as what's going on in the world right now, if you focus on this maybe finding a solution or being a helper, I think you can, we can approach this with a lot better clarity um, and have it, you know, that way uh, is a little bit easier for me anyway. So is it time to introduce our concept? 
It, it is. And, and once you give the introduction of it and the definition, I do want to say one more thing before you go into our next agenda. Item. Okay. All right. So our concept today, guys, and hang in there with us. Don't just hear it and, and, and log off because we will try to, like I said, deliver our message with love and grace and fact-based knowledge, right? Um, and not just sens sensationalized, you know. Nonsense. Yeah. So our concept is child abuse. And I know we touched on it a little bit last week and kind of alluded to that we might do that. And when we logged off last week, Chris and I said, you know what, let's just go there. Let's go there. Um, and let's do it to the best of our ability. So that's what we're going to do today. So let me give a quick definition for child abuse. And I say a quick definition, right? This is multi-leveled um, stuff because there's different laws that define child abuse from state to state and from country to country. So um, definition is uh, physical maltreatment or sexual molestation of a child. That's child abuse. Again, the laws differ from state to state and even country to country. Now, I lived in the UK for a short time, and in the UK, no level of corporal punishment is allowed. It's all illegal. And you know what? Go UK, because that's where I stand on the issue. Um, but now having all my professional life and adolescence, um, I have had to take a step back from my personal views and realize that some actions are illegal and they're child abuse and that I will follow to the ends of the earth to get um, justice for that. Um, but some are just poor practice on the adult's behalf and some aren't child abuse legally, the legal definition. And so I've had to remove myself emotionally from a lot of situations that I see on a daily basis um, that I know is just poor right. parenting and poor adulting and, but it isn't child abuse. But today we are going to talk about mm -hmm. child abuse and it's most terrible, awful form. Yeah. So I do want to say a couple of things. Mm -hmm. um, we, we did, you said we, we were kind of rambled on for the first 15 minutes about the uh, COVID-19 and you know the, this crisis and this state of our nation right now. Mm -hmm. um, and I do want to say that this concept definitely touches that, mm -hmm. or that definitely touches this concept, I mm -hmm. should say, because a lot of times um, with all of these um, quarantines and self quarantines yep. and social isolation uh -huh. people are forced to stay home and for a yep. lot of kids um home is the place where it's awful school is the place that they go for an escape that's where they go and they're safe that's where and I know with your with a lot of in your field that's a lot mm -hmm. of it but I just wanted to say that it totally relates and, and addictive violence we talked about that a few mm -hmm. episodes ago mm -hmm. again <clears throat> sometimes you have a perpetrator and a victim stuck together in a home yes I mean, that's a fucking recipe for shit. Right, right. So, so a lot of this stuff is going to happen. And then law enforcement is going to be engaged in, in, you know, in responding to those things, mm -hmm. despite um, all of the other pressing things that are happening. And mm -hmm. so our systems are going to be taxed, our people. So just keep that mm -hmm. in mind, please, mm -hmm. because this definitely is very real. The other thing that I wanted to say is the reason that avoiding this time is really painful. And mm -hmm. I know for myself, I'll just speak for myself. Child abuse and the damage that can be done mm -hmm. to a vulnerable human being um, is the reason that I'm in the field that I'm in. Mm -hmm. It is the icing on the cake. Initially, yep. I was going to be a lawyer and I was mm -hmm. going to school of political science and following that nice, clean, legal definition, legal um, textbook, mm -hmm. I guess, if you will. <clears throat> and then you know, some things happened um, in my, in my education and in, in experience wise mm -hmm. that I, I witnessed 
And I decided that I needed to be more hands-on than that. And I needed to get into the field. And my first professional job was actually in a child advocacy center, which I'll talk about a little bit later, Mm -hmm. which is an amazing, amazing thing because it shaped who, who I am professionally. Um, there was, it it was the reason that I got out of that field. I mean, Mm -hmm. I was, I had so much vicarious trauma from doing that work for six, almost seven years. Um, I was ready for something different. And so I did, and and I did acknowledge that. And I was able to professionally, Mm -hmm. you know, go in a different direction in the same vein though, Mm -hmm. in the same effort to keep people safe and to help people, um, recover from and never experience mm-hmm. this type of, of, of situation. So child abuse, yep. so dear to my heart, mm-hmm. Allie, uh, I mean, she deals with it and she has been since she was 18 years old, yeah. graduated from college, yeah. dealt with victims of child abuse. Um, mm-hmm. One, because I pulled her into my work when I was working out of that child mm-hmm. advocacy center Two, because it's her passion and it's what she has done in her career. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that Ellie, you're, you're amazing. And I just wanted to touch on that. It's a lot of pain, Mm -hmm. but it's also, Mm -hmm. I think so, so, so necessary. Mm -hmm. And a quote that I I love that I do want to say here, um, is from Viktor Frankl, who was, uh, wrote the man's search for meaning. And he was a Holocaust survivor, um, a psychologist Mm -hmm. who had been, um, taken in the Holocaust to a concentration camp and he uh, has a whole theory about human nature and human behavior and human attitude. Mm -hmm. And his quote that I love that I think guides my life and my practice and my Mm -hmm. um, professional career and and just my life in general is that that which gives light must endure burning. Yes. Absolutely. Think about Mm -hmm. you want to be a candle, Mm -hmm. you're going to burn a little bit. And we've burned lots of times this podcast right Mm -hmm. now is another time we've, we're being lit mm-hmm. because it kind of hurts it's and it's going to be kind of sensitive, it but mm-hmm. we can go, we can go with our current events now. All right. So I have a current event. I know we, we've talked for 15 minutes about our current event as a, as a nation, as a whole world. Right. But here's a current event that's related to our uh, topic. Um, and it happens uh, in Phoenix, Arizona. A 29-year-old Dante Johnson faces six felony counts of child abuse um, charges. His three children, all under two years old, were found with multiple injuries, including broken ribs, a lacerated liver, and brain bleed. On February 6th, police were called to a Phoenix Children's Hospital to investigate a possible child abuse. The mother of a three-month-old girl reports that when she returned home after a brief trip, She found that her daughter was not eating, was stoic, and was not tracking with her eyes. Um, At the hospital, the infant was found to have 13 broken ribs, brain bleeds, and a lacerated liver. Again, it's a three-month-old little girl. Police say that the child, along with her two siblings, had been left in the care of, and I say care loosely, uh, of their father, Don, while their mother was away for several days. After discovering the baby's injuries, um, her two siblings had also uh, been brought to the hospital to for evaluation. Um, she had an 18-month-old brother and a three-month-old twin sister. The 18-month-old boy, um, or the three-month-old twin, was also found to have skull fractures, brain bleeds, and several broken ribs and a lacerated liver. And the 18-month-old boy had several broken ribs, and they were at various stages of healing. Uh, During an interview with um, the police, Johnson had at first tried to explain the 
first baby's injuries, um, claiming that he accidentally dropped her in the bathroom on the floor in the middle of the night. He later changed his story um, and admitted to the abuse, accounting for the victim's injuries. He uh, Johnson admitted to squeezing the victim and shaking her violently back and forth. Um, as for the 18-month-old boy, um, Johnson admitted to, on several occasions, striking him with an open hand on his upper back, on his lower back, and his rib cage area, and his lower legs. Um, police say that he also admitted to popping the boy, popping, quote, quotes, right? Popping the boy too hard on several occasions. Um, the defendant admitted to being overly frustrated and taking his frustrations and his stress out on his children. <sighs> this, I'm not going to say father, I'm going to say loser. This loser was, I'm sick of referring this by his name at this point. He was arrested shit. and he was booked in a Phoenix jail and his bail was set at $25,000. Um, he found out that he's also been involved with previous child abuse incidences in California. So that is our current mm. event happening in good old Indiana. Yeah. Wow. And, and that, I mean, that's, that mm. happens all too often yeah. throughout the nation. I mean, all the time, uh-huh. shaking baby syndrome. Right. And, and, and what that means. And, and honestly, mm-hmm. um, it, it's so, it's so hard because I, I babies are hard. Mm-hmm. I will be the first to admit that. Yeah. Um, children are hard yeah. and it's frustrating. And it, as an adult, if you don't have the skills to deal with that and you don't have your own emotional regulation mm-hmm. in fucking control, this is what results. And, and I'm sure this yep. kid, this guy, this piece of shit that we're calling him because of the cowardly actions that he took against babies. Right. Um, he was probably abused <sighs> and he probably learned that. And it's that learned system of, of lack of coping and lack of ability i mean put mm-hmm. the kid down walk right. away go to the neighbor i don't know take him to a fire station a hospital anything right but beat them mm. like you did so mm-hmm. i hope that i pray for this, those babies um make a full recovery and have somebody somebody yeah. take care of them that is um uh, responsible yeah, the mom is yeah. i don't know but i leaving leaving him with that too you know Mm-hmm. small various stages of healing the little little boy was so i mean this wasn't an isolated incident so it wasn't new uh-uh. yeah wow yeah. okay that was a sad current event but oh, definitely uh, related right and, and they kind of on the same vein um uh-huh. a current event um in colorado um colorado springs colorado to mm-hmm. be exact the case of um Gannon Stack. Uh-huh. so on January 27th, 2020, Gannon was reported missing as a runaway by his stepmom, um, Letitia Gan- uh, Stouch. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Letitia Stouch. And um, she reported that he had gone to play with a friend, um, like video games or something, and he never came back. So she reported him as a mm-hmm. runaway. Later on, um, as, as the missing person's missing child case was unfolding and there were search teams and all these things happening... A neighbor came forward with a video, and it was a home security video that was actually showing that Gavin, or Gannon, I'm sorry, Gannon, mm-hmm. left the house with Letitia. Um, they had gotten into a, her vehicle or a truck, driven mm-hmm. off, and then a couple hours later, she returned alone without the boy. And that was the last evidence they had of him being yep. alive. Um, so, of course, all of the things happened. Um and 
people, you know, they had search parties going and, and of course she was claiming her innocence and everybody was accusing her of hurting this, this kid. And she was beside herself with indignation. <laughs> How dare people, they're going to owe her this huge uh, apology when he were, he's found and all of these things. Well, we fast forward yep. to um, five weeks and this was actually very, very recently, um, but this bitch mm-hmm. was arrested. She was arrested. She had gone back home to where she was, I guess, from, which was um, in South Carolina. She was actually from Myrtle Beach. And she was in Myrtle Beach. Um, and she was, um, what do they call it when you bring somebody back? I'm saying expedited. That's not the word. Oh, my God. Extrad- extradited. Ex- extradited. Yeah. It wasn't expedited. It was extra- <laughs> yeah, extradited. They brought her back to Colorado. And she's been charged with child abuse resulting in death. And there's very little evidence. I know that the law enforcement has not found a body yet mm-hmm. uh, to charge her and to ex- extradite her yes. <laughs> back um, to Colorado. They have to have something pretty, pretty solid, severe. And it looks like this mm-hmm. fucking bitch killed this little boy um, and right. did something with his body because she's also charged with tampering. Um, so, who this is a hard one because everybody that this little boy is going to show up and that he's been at a friend's house when um, she had led everybody to believe that, you know, he had run away yep. and he had gone away, you know, willingly. This little kid, I think he was, was he 10 years old? Yeah, he was 11 years old. I'm sorry. This 11-year-old kid um, was mm-hmm. murdered by this crazy person. Why? I don't know. I'm sure things will right. unfold. She's currently in jail. I did, I did kind of, you know, the whole corrections thing is kind of my jam. And mm-hmm. so I have been kind of following cases and, and apparently she slipped her handcuffs um, in transport um, yeah. and was able to fuck up a deputy pretty bad. Did yep. all kinds of damage to him. So she'll have additional charges pending the stupid bitch, but she continues as far as, as far as I know. So we'll, I mean, I will obviously follow this case and figure out what happened and we'll probably do an update, but it's on the news right now. That's my current event or current Uh case. Yep. I've been following that one too. I'm glad that you covered that. Um, and since it first came out, I'm like, yeah, Letitia or they call her T definitely had something to do with it. Just, it was super fishy from the beginning. So sad. But I'm glad that you shared that one because that is an interesting one. And maybe do an episode on our current events and our cases that we've covered. That'd be nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I have another case. And again, it's in Arizona. Um, So there you go. Um, Wow. If you are an Arizona listener, stay tuned because at the end, I'll give you guys some resources that um, some pretty uh, and really awesome place that kind of gets involved and helps in this field. So, but a newly released 911 call, and this is kind of a current event as well, but um, I'm covering it as my case. A newly released 911 well, sadly, call. Sadly, 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 Allie, I yeah. do want to point out that there are so many current events because this shit is happening left, right, and sideways. It's happening. Yeah, that's true. That is really, really true. Um, and when I was picking cases out, you guys, I was very... Um, <sighs> I, I run on two speeds, either really, really emotionally raw and open or really, really emotionally closed for self-preservation. And I was in a closed off mode as I was researching this, just as a defense mechanism. And so I picked cases. Yes, they're terrible and they're tragic, but I really did um, pick cases that I could talk about without completely breaking down. So, you sure. know, 
but this is really sad because yeah. the, what I'm telling you is the more mild of what I've found online. Okay. And what you've experienced in your career, I think. Oh yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't. And I thought about it. I thought about talking about a personal case, a more personal case. I um, mean, this would have been from, oh my gosh, 2002. And I still couldn't do it. So this is 18 years ago. Um, I, I know which case you're talking about. Specifically exactly. two different um, young people who would now be adults. And I just couldn't, I knew I couldn't get through it. So maybe one day I will. <laughs> um, Maybe I'll have to write it all out first and see how I can get it out first. Mm. But for now, I've got this case to share with you guys. And this happens in Flagstaff, Arizona. So a newly released 911 call uh, detailed the tragic circumstances surrounding the deaths of a six-year-old staff boy. Police say that he was kept in a closet. And child advocates say that this is something that is all too common. A theme here with Arizona, so the authorities are really getting involved with this. Um, Flagstaff police were called to the apartment of an unresponsive child who was ultimately pronounced dead on the scene. Police noted that the boy was extremely malnourished. Um, the grandmother called 911 when she suspected that her grandson had passed away. The parents and the grandmother were arrested and charged with first degree felony homicide. The parents admitted that the boy and his brother were kept in a closet because they were stealing food. The boy was reportedly kept in the closet for roughly 16 hours every day and um, in the days leading up to his death was only fed oatmeal, cheese, and a bread sandwich, a cheese and bread sandwich. That's what he was um, served every day. So um, this terrible case is just the latest in several suspected child abuse cases recently in Arizona. So I guess I'll just lead into this because in, this is where I'm heading next. Um, EJ Hughes with the Child Crisis Arizona says that it's completely heartbreaking to see these stories and they're becoming all too common. Um, so Child Crisis Arizona remains focused on preventing abuse and neglect. Their overall vision is safe kids and strong families. So they're focused on, I'm going to say it again, preventing abuse and neglect. Um, they're of course, come in after the fact sometimes and have to try to repair, make, make reparations to the family. And um, But their overall focus is parent education to maybe prevent some of this abuse and, and neglect happening. So Crisis Arizona serves 300 kids daily in early education programs. Um, they also send food home with kids for the weekends. Um, they're kids that are in their programs. Um, they also offer free classes for parents. Um, so Hughes says stress, divorce, communicating between partners, all of that could contribute to the epidemic of child abuse that they're seeing. So they have classes to help make parents more successful. Um, awesome. And so I thought that was a really good resource to check out. And um, if you guys are in Arizona, anywhere near this area, um, check it out online. Check out their website. It's childcrisisarizona.org. A lot of opportunities donate to volunteer to um basically just get involved in any way that you're able to as a volunteer so i thought that was a good uh, little resource to share with you guys absolutely yeah. absolutely and, and in that case is i mean everything's right. so in, in this whole episode yeah i wanted to say with uh, the stealing food thing i have seen a lot of memes um about well and, and a lot of real things online about resources for 
or students who are now kept out of school because of this pandemic. Um, and it's a very real worry, right? That some kids only get fed when they go to school. Um, and, and I know in my, I have a smaller class, right? Because I work with um, uh, special education students. I'm not in the public school setting. We have small class sizes, but I know in our several students who come to school hungry and who we try to send home with as much food as we can. Um, and now like yeah, very real concern to a lot of people is just an overall shortage of, uh, well, not a shortage, I guess, of food, but the parents who aren't feeding them um, properly. So I think that directly ties into this whole pandemic we're going through because now children are home all the time. And I know a lot of parents are complaining about having to feed their kids. So um, sadly, wow. cases like well, this come about. And I think that the other piece of that is that we do see that starving mm -hmm. children, starving, uh, causing a child to start to withholding mm -hmm. food is a direct for, I mean, it's a real mm -hmm. form of abuse. And it happens a lot mm -hmm. in these mm -hmm. cases where um, it's part of the abuse uh -huh. cycle. And so everybody and their brother can provide all the food that they want right. for kids. And it's up to right. the parents. I mean, sadly, um, it's up to parents to decide if they're going to feed their kids right. or not, um, whether they have the food or they don't. Mm -hmm. um, I was talking to a coworker who was talking about, um, I was telling her that this was going to be our concept, I believe. And she was talking about, or we, we were talking about, you no, know, we were talking about the Gabriel Fernandez uh -huh. stuff. And she said that, you know, the worst thing that she had ever, ever seen was the starving uh -huh. children. And it was parents who would, um, restrict food to the point of like putting food in front of them and then mm -hmm. taking it away when they were starving and it, it was just really really awful but it, it's a real a real thing and I just uh, this whole thing sucks. right and I did I saw a, um, like a meme that was supposed to be funny but it kind of uh you know then I was like oh this it's a gut punch um but it was like I tell I'm gonna tell my kids while they're home here with this corona um all these closures that you don't eat you know, every half an hour at school. So when you're at home, use your school stomach or something like that. And it was meant to be funny. And oh, I, I see it, that. why it's funny yeah. because my son is a teenager and he is literally eating us out of house mm -hmm. and home right now. Um, but we anticipated that because of spring break. And so we totally stocked up before this whole pandemic because the kid can eat and he's a runner. And, well, and the other piece of yeah. it is though, that when he goes to school, you're paying for his food. We do. We pay for a his food. A lot of people get yeah. a lot of yeah, yeah, a lot of people get yeah. parents. A lot of parents mm -hmm. are, and I, and I don't want this to become political, no, no. but I'm going to say that as parents who pay full mm -hmm. price for lunch every day and have to consider, you know, putting money on yep. your child's account so they can have their uh -huh. lunch, and they're paying a full price for their lunch, that's something you're used to fucking yeah. feeding your kids and providing right. for your kids. Absolutely. For a lot of these parents who are complaining, their kids are eating yes. for free at yes. school, so mm -hmm. you don't have to worry about it and think about it. Or they're getting assistance outside of school, and so they don't have yep. to, you know, it, it's just, it's a it's part of this. And I think that pandemics like this really do highlight those types of problems uh -huh. in our mm -hmm. society. Absolutely. And so, yeah, and my son's an I eater anyway. Even during school, he takes multiple snacks to get him through the day because his teachers allow eating in class. So, and they have vending machines on every hallway. So, I mean, kid eats no matter where you put him. Absolutely. Well, in mine, mine will go, and she's 11, you mm -hmm. know, she's in elementary school, but I'll put enough money on her, on her, um, I want to say books because I'm a prison <laughs> person, but I'll put enough money on her account. It's not her books, it's her account. 
to last, you know, like uh-huh. a couple weeks at a time. And then like halfway through the second week, she's, 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 she's broke. <laughs> she has no money on her books and I'm getting these alerts and I'm like, geez. So I go in and I look and I'm like, well, of course, because she bought her lunch and mm-hmm. then some because she was hungry right. and she eats a little chickens too. It's very funny. So we're, yeah. So very real, but yeah, parents welcome to the world of having to fucking provide food for your kids. Right. So very real. This, these cases tie into all of the stuff that's going on. You have another case to share, Sissy? Yeah, I do. I do. And this is something that I'm sure um, a lot of people have heard of because it's, it's really um, Mm -hmm. big right now. It's um, the Gabriel Fernandez Mm -hmm. story. And it's that there's um, a Netflix series documentary, Mm -hmm. the trials of Gabriel Fernandez. um, And it's really, really hard, Mm -hmm. but it's so real. Um, Gabriel Hernandez was, I think he was eight. I didn't write down his age, but I think he was eight years old when he was murdered by his mother, Pearl Fernandez, and her piece of shit boyfriend, Isaro Aguirre. And that's the last time I'm mm-hmm. going to fucking say their names. I'm going to cross them right. out right now because they don't even fucking deserve right. to have um, their names mentioned ever. But um, apparently for a period of eight months and probably a long mm-hmm. time before that, but Eight months is what what the authorities were able to um, mm-hmm. kind of garner for a period of eight months. They subjected this baby to horrific mm-hmm. torture. He was badly beaten. He was starved. He was forced mm-hmm. to eat cat litter. He was shot in the face with a BB gun, and he was pepper sprayed by these two fuckheads. And he was also locked in a cupboard mm-hmm. for hours and hours and hours and days and days and days. Um, the, the part about this case that really, really, really stands out, there's, I mean, all of that really stands out, but this little kid was not being hidden. He was locked in the, mm-hmm. the little cupboard when he was at home, but he was allowed to go to fucking yep. school. So people saw mm-hmm. this little guy. People saw him yep. regularly. There were tons of reports made to the Department of Human and, or Child mm-hmm. and Family Services and um, representatives from Child and Family Services and law enforcement had made they made several visits to mm-hmm. his home and it, this was like multiple multiple times before he was murdered on one occasion he was told to stop lying about the abuse that he was mm-hmm. he was suffering and these professionals loosely mm-hmm. loosely called um these people who are entrusted with with that job of maintaining justice and making sure that people are safe um took his fucking mother's mm-hmm. word for things and they just asked her what was going on with him. A lot of times they came to the home and they didn't even yep. look at the child. They didn't even have eyes yep. on Gabriel. They just believed whatever it was that she said. And then obviously mm-hmm. when they left, his abuse was 10 times worse. And so um, people's attempts to help Gabriel ended up, I think, ultimately mm-hmm. resulting in his death because they beat him to death one night. Yep. And um, since this point, both of these pieces of shit have been um, obviously convicted. I think um, that the dude the asshole dude Mm -hmm. is on death row they did charge him and and um sentenced him -hmm. to the death penalty the piece of shit mom because her fucking iq Mm -hmm. was so low they her defense her defense was able to to get Mm -hmm. a life in prison um sentenced for her um but her ex was Mm -hmm. killed too i mean i don't care how Mm -hmm. fucking dumb you are yep you're a mom and and she was she was not only she was complicit mm-hmm. in the abuse, and she was also an active participant in a lot of the abuse. A lot of the things, I mean, she knocked her son's teeth out with a baseball bat. And for people that, I mean, watch watch the documentaries if you can handle it. There's mm-hmm. just so much there. And it just breaks your heart for this mm-hmm. little boy. And 
the people that were involved in, in the case and that knew what was happening. And I'm not a teacher and I've never been, but I'd like to think, and, and maybe this is naive of me, but if I knew that a child was being harmed in that way, I'd like to think that I would have done more to the, to the point of getting somebody mm-hmm. to listen. Um, and that just wasn't done. This little boy was failed mm-hmm. by so many people to the point that four social workers um, from the Department of Child and Family Services mm-hmm. were actually charged with, um, I think they were, where they were charged and they were not convicted with mm-hmm. child endangerment resulting in death and also fal- falsification mm-hmm. of public records. They each faced up to 10 years in jail. This is the first time in U.S. history that this has happened, that people, government employees are held mm-hmm. accountable and charged with criminal activity um, because of their gross mm-hmm. negligence, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> their deliberate mm-hmm. indifference to what this child was suffering. And I am going to go ahead and give you their names because I fucking, this just, yeah. ugh. so Kevin Baum was a supervisor in the emergency response unit and he had Gabriel's file on his desk for months and months and months and hadn't even looked at it. I get that they're overtasked, but when you have multiple reports, multiple inc- right. incidences of um, people saying something is wrong, something is wrong, and you leave that fucking report on right. your desk for three months, negligence and mm-hmm. deliberate indifference all the way. Um, Greg Merritt was another supervisor, apparently, and he had all, you know, and he has all the, every excuse in the book. He had all these cases and he could hang and yada, yada, yada. But again, multiple mm-hmm. reports and, and lots of things that as supervisors in these departments, they are supposed to be picking up on. And so again, negligence, gross negligence and deliberate indifference. Mm-hmm. Um, Stephanie Rodriguez was a new emergency social worker. So one of the things that I think really came out in this that I've known for a long time and you've known Ellie for a long time is that most of the new social workers, people that come into the like um, Department of Human Services, mm-hmm. Department of Social Services, Child and Family Services, whatever it's called in, in mm-hmm. state to state. Most of the people that are brand new are the people mm-hmm. that are put on crisis. Yep. They don't know their ass from a hole in the ground. <clears throat> they are so mm-hmm. in over their head and they don't I don't think have the tools mm-hmm. or the support to deal with the situations that they're faced with not to give this bitch any kind of um out mm-hmm. but i will say that as a new yep. person in the field support is is, is mm-hmm. really important and she didn't have right. it from these other two fuckheads that were mm-hmm. supervising her um and so she was also charged and then there was this old ass bitch oh Patricia clement who kept changing her story she was also a supervisor um reputation for just being a total asshole and just being one of those government employees that just Mm -hmm. fucking sucks and just stupid and so she lied to everybody and their brother and they caught her in all these lies and they charged her and she was beside herself Uh with worry but in my opinion the cases none of them went forward at Mm -hmm. least criminally um they were all they 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 were all um dropped but it really did jack up their whole mm-hmm. I mean, their whole lives, which deservedly so. They shouldn't be in this mm-hmm. profession. They need to be doing something else. Um, but I think that it it, it ultimately results in it was it was an example, and it was a precedent set mm-hmm. that yes, you take these jobs, you take these responsibilities, um, you better damn be accountable for it because people can die if mm-hmm. you're not doing your job, and and that's not the case in most professions. You know, most professions. You know, like I, I just think of like those memes that are like bad mm-hmm. day at your job, a bad day at mine. A bad day at your job is your, your mm-hmm. copier jams or your phone system goes out. A bad day in human services, kids mm-hmm. die. Um, mm-hmm. 
and you could have done something about it. And so law enforcement officers, there were lots of, of digging in internal affairs and things that were happening and why did all of these things get missed or just mm-hmm. covered up or why did we take this mother's word for it and not lay eyes right. on that child? Um, and so this, this case was really, really, really hard and really, really disturbing. But um, if you're interested, that documentary on Netflix is, is really yep. informative. Yeah, um, I would recommend it. And I know I put it off a long time because I didn't think I could stomach it and I didn't have the heart to um, hear it. But it really is done in such a way that it's not um, just for um, senseless gratification. Yeah, it really isn't. It is. It's done in a really um, fact based way. And it it'll help. I think I think it would help you to. Um, I don't know, kind of ignite a fire within you and see if you can be a cog in the system, you know, uh, helpful in any way or where you, I don't know, anything like that. I don't know what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so um, a couple of things you spoke earlier about um, this, this agency in Arizona mm-hmm. that's doing great things um, in the late nineties, I want to say, um, across the nation, um, child advocacy centers yep. were formed. And one of the reasons for that was to help um, to reduce, I think, the trauma to yep. child victims. So victims of sexual abuse, victims of, of child yep. physical abuse, um, they were taken to this home-like environment where um, a team actually yep. of professionals that included law enforcement and social services, um, medical professionals, counselors, mm-hmm. Um, met the child in this environment that was very home-like and sort of as clinical as like an emergency yeah. room and tried to reduce the trauma. So they weren't taken into a police station to be interviewed. They were taken into a home-like environment where there was capabilities and two-way cameras and it, it, the kid was none the wiser mm-hmm. about all of the technical and clinical stuff going on. They were, um, the medical examination rooms mm-hmm. were very kid-friendly. Are, I should say are, they're not, it's not were, but um, I had had the privilege of, of working mm-hmm. in a child advocacy center um, in my mm-hmm. early professional career. And that kind of stuff just really, really hits home with me. And I did say earlier that um, being a little bit raw, that facing child abuse for the first seven years of my career mm-hmm. and seeing children with um, you know, handprint bruises on their face or um, horrific, horrific um, damage to their um genitalia I guess is the only way to say it because of sexual abuse and being in this reality for seven years really started Mm -hmm. to fuck with my head and I had to get out I I couldn't I couldn't do it because of the vicarious trauma so I can I can uh, uh, I can 100% without a doubt say that the vicarious trauma is real especially in this area Um, when it got to the point where I couldn't be in a grocery store because I would see a parent with a kid and the parent was stern and I was certain that they were going to kill that kid. And it was going to be like all of these things. And I'd fall, you know, it was just, it was really bad. And and I've actually seen some of that with um, my dad. And I know you can attest to this too, Ellie um, will be in a restaurant in his career. And he's uh, investigated tons of child abuse cases and tons of um, well, lots of violence, but lots of child abuse. And he is again of the, of the, he, he lets our kids get away with murder because he will not mm-hmm. in any way, you know, do anything that's going to, going to seem abusive. So I, I get on him all the time because my, 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 my kids are like wild and I'll be like, you should scold them. And I'm not going to raise my voice at my babies. Are you crazy? Like, why would I do that? 
And it's because of the vicarious trauma that he's in the things that he's seen. And we'll be in a restaurant and we'll be all having a nice family dinner or lunch or breakfast. And I know you've seen, we've seen this alley because we'll look at each other and a child, a baby is crying just like kids do like, well, I don't want to eat that. Whatever. He comes out of his skin and he's looking around because he's certain that a child is being abused and a child is being hurt. So we've worked on that a little bit and I've encouraged him to work on that himself through treatment and therapy and things like that um but that's very real and so i do want to speak to the vicarious trauma that happens in this profession and then ultimately maybe some of that resulted in these pieces of shit being so jaded and desensitized Mm -hmm. to it that they kind of just treated it as well whatever um vicarious trauma is real so if you're in the field um be mindful Mm -hmm. of that and 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 respect the fact that it's real and Mm -hmm. deal with it Mm -hmm. That's my. Oh my five. gosh! And I'm over here in tears, so I don't know how much more I can. <laughs> um, I'm not going to get into anything else. That's what, that's what <laughs> yeah. That's it. I've, I've um, peeled back the layers of my food <laughs> for today. So I do have a stat. I'm back on. That might yes. find helpful. <laughs> um, also, another good online resource is DoSomething.org, and that's where I got a lot of these stats from. Um, but I think, you know, online is a, just on the online, get on there. And there's tons of awesome um, places that you can go for any kind of help, any kind of parenting tips, any kind of anything, because like Chris said earlier, um, kids are tough, right? Being a parent is tough. Being any kind of caregiver is tough. Um, but it, and I wish I had the quote with me, whatever, but it is a lot easier to, um, something like it's harder to repair a broken child or something. I posted about it earlier um, mm-hmm. with the cool um, pandemic that's going on. It's like, and it's not really geared towards child abuse, but it's like, be careful of what you're saying in front of your kids even um, because it's, it's a lot easier to raise healthy kids than it is to fix broken kids. That's it. And so with this whole pandemic and kids are being um, at home and they're with their parents and their parents may say it even jokingly. Um, I saw one lady online who was saying that she was just venting to a friend on the phone, like, oh, I'm so stressed working from home and the kids are here and the house. And she wasn't directly calling out her kids and saying they were a problem. But when she got off the phone, her six year old daughter went up to her and was like, mom, I'm sorry, we're so tough. And she was like, whoa, I wasn't talking about you. I'm really sorry that she just kind of forgot that, that her kids would be listening. And she, you know, was just venting about her problems. But kids internalize all of that that we say and do. Oh, I knew my child is 16 years old and was raised in a really healthy environment. And he knows that I love him um, and and take care of him better than I take care of myself sometimes. Right. And um, he'll even when I'm in a bad mood, he he's like, what, what, like, you know, and you can just see the wheels in his head turning. Kids internalize that and they think problems are their fault. And, um, and this is healthy kids that are taken care of. Um, so a lot of good online resources though, for stress management, coping skills. Um, one thing that I think that I wanted to say, um, and I have a whole bunch of notes here, but I'm really just kind of over it, over this whole topic and my mind spinning. Right. Um, but one thing is, I think a lot of parents and adults in general, we tend to hold children to higher standards, like adult standards of behavior and, or even mm-hmm. higher. 
like we allow ourselves to have bad days and to not feel it some days and you're just like lazy some days or tired some days or cranky act some like days. an asshole some days. Act like an asshole some days and we excuse that and we're only human but we expect our children to be perfect right don't have a bad attitude with me don't raise your voice to me don't be cranky with me like uh why they're humans too they experience all the range of emotions that we do and they don't have the proper tools to deal with it if you haven't given them the proper tools <laughs> you know even if you have, it's rough. I have all the tools, and I have had, yeah, mm-hmm. and I still sometimes am an asshole. Right, an right. I and look, and we're not perfect parents. Nobody is, um, but we can do a lot better, I think, in our own homes. And every day, I kind of, you know, when I go to bed, I, I gratitude journal, and I really do give a really raw look at myself throughout the day and saw the times that I could have made better choices or been a better whatever wife, mother, sister a daughter friend whatever um so we're not perfect but um if we can all reach out and figure out our deficits right and then reach out for some help I think that would help a lot and I know there's a stigma attached to being right quote-unquote labeled a bad parent and so some of us just suffer in silence and then that could lead to bigger problems so um good good point yeah absolutely but um I think we'll leave it at that. I mean, we don't need to know the numbers, right? We know there are way too many, way too many cases. Of yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, little people are vulnerable and I just wish that there was some sort of regulation for whether or not you get to have a child the same way, like you get to drive a car, but right. there isn't. And right. so it right. takes vigilance on the part of concerned people. Uh-huh. And with this in the same token, I know we're talking about child abuse, but elderly abuse is also a really big problem in our society. Um, and so I just think the, the young and the old, right. The, and I don't like to use the word weak, but they're, weaker they're vulnerable. and they're vulnerable um, to any kind of abuse and abusers look for people that are just that way um vulnerable and easy to control and easy to abuse so unfortunately a lot of times that's our children and our elderly um in our society um i just had a thought and now i can't oh my goodness well doggone it i'm sure it'll come to me maybe before <laughs> Probably in the night when you're in bed, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So thanks for listening to Crime Concepts with Chris and yeah. Ellie. Take care of yourselves. Take care of your families. Hug your babies. Yes. Um, hug each, well, hug each other virtually because you <laughs> right? having a lot of physical contact. So let's do some virtual Now hugs. they're saying even more than eight feet. So right. really don't hug anybody but virtual hugs. Skype, video chat. Just do a virtual <laughs> hug. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Care All right, guys, take care. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye-bye.